Good morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord together with brothers and sisters. Amen. Good to see some uh, new folks with us and our friends from long ago, Daryl and Linda and family. And uh, so we're thankful that they are here with us. God bless you guys. Thanks for stopping in. And everybody else that's, uh, that's here, we're family, aren't we? So why don't you nudge the person next to you and say, you're family. We could sing the song, We Are Family, but we're not going to do that today, okay? Um, we love to be together because we have this great, great thing in common, and that is the fact that we are blood-bought, redeemed, forgiven, pardoned, regenerated, Holy Spirit-filled believers in Jesus Christ today. Amen? Amen. All right. We've been in this series, uh, Let Go and Break Free. Last week we talked about the storms of life, and we're going to continue to talk today about the storms of life. Jesus said in John chapter 16 that in this life you will have tribulation. You don't have to live too long to understand that there's suffering, there's pain, there's adversity in this world. And Jesus came to redeem us back, amen? To bring us back to that relationship of intimacy, of access, of conversation and dialogue that Adam and Eve chose not to continue but chose sin and selfishness over intimacy, access, conversation and dialogue with, with God. In Mark chapter 14, we read the story of uh, Jesus who told his disciples to get into a boat. And being that God is omniscient, he understood that there was going to be a storm. But these disciples got into the boat in Mark chapter 14. We're going to read from verses uh, 22. And I have the NLT version. And we'll read Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Mark chapter 14 is an awesome passage of scripture as well. We could read that today. But we're going to flip back to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And we'll read, uh, it goes a little like this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat, cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. This was just after the feeding of the 5,000, probably 15,000, 20,000 people Jesus fed in, a, in an open area, away from uh, food, away from a city, away from sustenance. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. waves. Another version says that the waves were contrary. They were in opposition against the disciples and not allowing them to get to where they were going. And it, if you've ever been in a storm, it's kind of scary. Brings fear and disillusionment for sure. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. 
About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. See, in the boat while they were struggling, they weren't in love, they weren't in joy, they weren't in peace. The storms brought fear. And here it says, in their fear, they mistook Jesus for a ghost. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It is I, or I am, or I am here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. What a nut job Peter was, amen? Dude, stay in the boat, please. But he loved the Lord and he understood that, hey, I'm in a storm. Jesus is here. Jesus is all powerful and he's, uh, he's, he's where I want to be. And he ran out to G uh, Jesus on the water. So Peter went out over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he saw the opposition, he saw the obstacles, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord. He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and comforted him and loved on him. Now he said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your presence. We ask you now to help us remove all obstacles and hindrances to allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. We need to hear your word, for your word is life. Your word is truth. We need to know your truth, recognize your truth, acknowledge your truth, so that the truth of Christ will set us free. So Lord, work and have your way today as we look at the storms of life and see you as the blessing in the storm today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Howie was talking about the story in the beginning with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve walked with God. They had fellowship with God. They had intimacy with God. That was the story of God. They were involved in God's story. The story would have gone that we were to fully understand and have full insight and wisdom and knowledge into the things of God, his creative power, his uh, cosmic power, understand uh, wisdom about animals, about agriculture, about the, uh, the universe. Um, but Adam and Eve chose to sin, and all of a sudden their story changed, didn't it? The story quickly changed. The Bible says that the ground all of a sudden grew weeds, and the indication was that now man had to work hard. They had to till up the ground, and there were weeds that came into um, existence. There was sin and shame. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve running around naked, enjoying life, 
Come on, what's better than that? Amen? All of a sudden, sin came into the world. And they ran away from each other and they ran away from God because of shame, guilt, and condemnation. The story changed. The storyline changed. And there was sin, there was, there was shame, there was condemnation. There was nakedness. God, still in his amazing, scandalous love, came down to the garden and said, Guys, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Adam and Eve came on. We were hiding because we knew of the shame and the guilt and the condemnation. See, Christ Jesus has come way before that happened in the eons of time. The Bible says that there was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Amen? If you look at your life and you see that God isn't in it or what is God is doing, he knew of you before the eons of time began. He's got a purpose and a destiny for your life that you would be created to fulfill the great things that God has planned before the worlds were, were begun. Can you, can you fathom that today? God was thinking about you before the, the cosmos was delivered. Isn't that something? See, he redeems our story. He brings us back to this great intimacy and relationship with God. This, this awesome revelation of and conversation and dialogue that we have with God. All of a sudden, we, we belong to God. We're a part of his kingdom. We have access into his presence freely because of what Jesus Christ has done today. That's got to thrill you, amen? That's got to thrill you. The problem is, for many of us, is that we're living under the old storyline where our dialogue and our conversation and our intimacy and our access is ruled and governed by this old storyline of shame and guilt and separation and sin and striving and working and trying to fight our way back to God. And God says, whoa, take it easy. I have come as Redeemer. Redeemer is to bring back, to buy back. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was a ransom that paid the price for us to be brought out of darkness into his wonderful light today. Amen? He paid the ransom for our soul that we can get back on the story of experiencing his intimacy and his wonder and his grace. The problem is, is that we live in this world. We live in this, uh, this dialogue and conversation and access into the things of this world. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, uh, the lust of the eyes. And we're governed by this conversation and by this dialogue. Christ has come to turn our story from ourselves back onto him. I had a friend once that every time we went out, the dude always and only thought of himself. Everything we wanted to do was based on what he wanted. His intentions, his desires, everything that he wanted to do. So we came up with a name for him. We called him Self. Self, hey Self, how you doing? Self. The greatest thing that God did for me was he, was he gave me the power and ability through the power of the Holy Spirit being born into his kingdom to turn my eyes away from myself 
and turn my gaze back on Christ. Amen? What a glorious, glorious, glorious fellowship and relationship. But the problem is for many Christians is we still are down this trek, this old storyline of looking at ourselves, looking at our problems, looking at our circumstances. And we're engaged in this dialogue and conversation of um, just this dialogue that keeps us informed and engaged in we, ourselves, as the center of the universe. How many know that there are really three mindsets or attitudes that affect who we are? Number one, what we think of ourselves. Okay? When you look in the mirror, when you, when you get up, and you bathe yourselves, and you put on deodorant, and you're ready to meet the day, what do you think of yourselves? Secondly, this mindset that affects us is what other people think of us. This is a big one, isn't it? We're really concerned about what people think of us. And thirdly, what other, what other people, what we think other people think about us. Isn't that true? We get in our, this mindset and this, uh, this dialogue in our head and we're engaged in this thought process in which we have, to, we have to please people. We have to be approved by people. We have to uh, work out our, our life totally centered on us based on maybe this false conception of who we are, but our thoughts are geared towards us and what other people think, and it, it's a storm to us. It's a storm of an attitude or a mindset that's created in our heart and created in our life that Jesus Christ wants to come and snap. How many of you remember negative words that were spoken to you? How many remember negative actions that were done against you? They, 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 they blow up in our minds and the video runs over and the audio, the audio runs over and over and over and over and over and over again. Psychologist tells us that every negative statement, every negative conversation, every negative dialogue, we need nine affirmative, confident, confirming conversations or dialogues or statements to get us back to where we once were in, in, a, in a psychological mindset. Isn't that something? The devil is known as the slanderer or as the accuser and he accuses you and he speaks a dialogue and a conversation against your life and he creates this, uh, this storyline that we live out based on the slander of the enemy. And God wants to set us free from that. Amen? wants to deliver us. I remember when I was, must have been a young teenager, a teacher took me aside and said, Dan, your face is unbelievable. You got so much acne, you got to take care of that. And I remember I am seeing the video right now and I'm hearing the teacher speak that into my life. God delivered me from acne, see? I don't have any now. But I got these brown splotches that are coming up on my face. I don't know what they're, what they're all about, but... Um, age spots, yes. Age spots. I think my wife has some mascara or something that I could, I could rub on that. But. Foundation. Somebody said foundation, yes. 
Yeah, I could probably look, you know, if I dye my hair black, too, that would be really freaky, but... All right, I can give it a shot. See, as, as humans, we process 125 to 250 words a minute in conversation. In our minds, we think 1,000 to 3,000 words a minute. What the enemy of our soul wants us to, to be engaged in is this old storyline of shame, of guilt, of condemnation that we're not approved that God doesn't, God, God doesn't uh, enjoy us, that we don't measure up, right? And we keep going over the hurt and the pain and the storms of life and the adversity and what people have spoken into our hearts and into our lives. And Jesus is saying, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. I'm going to give you a rest and I'm going to give you peace. Our self-talk is a storm that we have to invite Jesus Christ in. Because these thoughts and this mentality of thinking about the past, thinking about the brokenness, thinking about what people spoke into our lives or what people have done to us is this awesome storm that comes against us in such opposition. It's an obstacle to us reaching to Christ. And Christ is passing by and we might miss him because we don't call out to him. And we don't say, God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear your words. I need to hear your love. I need to feel your embrace today. And I need to speak you into my, my life, my identity. Isn't that something? Your identity today is in Christ Jesus. And the most significant person in your life is not your wife, not your husband, not your mama, and not your dad. It's God. What he says about you. What he thinks of you. Get up every morning into the word of God and Read the scriptures about what God thinks of you and what he says about you, what he's done for you, how he's provided for you, how he wants to bless you, how he wants to encourage you. And get away from the slander of the enemy, amen? The accusations of the enemy today and get into a mindset that is delivered and set free by the power of God, thinking his thoughts, his destiny, and his purposes. The storm of an attitude rises up in your heart and in your life. So how are you doing today? How's your attitude? Better now? Yeah, because you have a really bad attitude. Jill. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that, so that's, that's good. I'm glad the Lord is working on your life over there. God bless. So, <laughs> we go way back, guys. We go way back. Think about the words that Jesus spoke to people in the New Testament. They caught a hold of his words and it brought life. Amen? Look at Zacchaeus. I bring him up all the time. Come on down from that tree. I see you up there, little short guy. Come on down. I'm going to have dinner over your house. And there's going to be a lot of change going on when I speak words of life. Amen? Words of power. Words of destiny into your life. Jesus spoke with him, loved on him, tax collector. People hated him. People wanted to destroy him. For him to get to that tree, to get through the crowds, can you imagine so many elbows that he had into his head? There's that tax collector. 
but he made it up the tree and Jesus spoke life into him. And he said, I will pay back four times the amount that I owe because he was set free. Amen? So what's your problem today? What's the storm that's in your, in your mind and in your heart that's creating this attitude that you cannot receive from God? You cannot be delivered from something. You cannot go forward. There's an obstacle. And like the disciples, you're rowing the boat, but you're not getting anywhere because you're doing it in your own flesh and in your own striving. And I can fix this and I can do this. No, you can't. The dead of night in the storm, you got to call out to Jesus and say, God, I've been striving and I've been trying for so long. I need you. Isn't that what the gospel's all about? You can't do it on your own. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, according to his grace, by faith, we take God at his word and we say, I believe. Jesus went around touching people who believed and had faith. Amen? So when you got up this morning, what were you saying to yourself? What were you saying to yourself? What were you talking in your mind? Those thousand words, those 3,000 words going through your heart and going through your mind, creating this attitude, right? Philippians chapter 2 says that we must have the attitude, the mindset that Jesus Christ had, that he gave all, he emptied himself for us, came down from the mountain, amen? Came down from his throne, took on flesh so that he could understand our pain, and our brokenness. And wherever he went, he had his eye towards the broken. He said, I came to minister to the, to the sick, not to the healthy. Amen? I told somebody, I think this week, that if it wasn't for Christ, I would be a hitman. I would be a hitman. I had so much rage and so much anger in my life. I needed Christ because I was heading down a path that was really, really bad and really, really bad. The Bible says that as you have received Christ through grace, by faith, continue to walk in him. Amen? Receiving the grace that you need every day of your life, turning to faith and telling God, I believe what you say, God. I don't feel it. Sometimes I, we don't feel it. Sometimes we don't even agree with it, but it's God's word. And we say, God, I believe in you. I believe in your word. I believe in the truth that can set me free, and I trust you. Amen? And now I walk. I walk. As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in him. Walk in that grace. Amen? We're walking. We're walking. Everybody stand up for a minute. <laughs> All right, let's start walking, okay? Come on. Father Abraham had many sons, amen? Many sons had Father Abraham, amen? We are dancing, dancing, we are dancing, oh, we are dancing in the light of God. Oh, we are walking in the light of God. 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 We are walking, walking, we are walking. Oh, we are walking in the light of God. 
We are walking, walking, we are walking. Oh, we are walking in the light of God. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Thank you, Richard. Beautiful. Thank you, ladies, for coming up. I had to stop there because I was really out of breath. So praise God. Amen. Woo! Good, good, good. Hey, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5, okay? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, I believe. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, making a melody in your heart, amen? And give thanks for everything. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be drunk with wine. That's a substitute, amen? That's a conversation and a dialogue of our old storyline that the enemy wants to, wants to give you. The only thing that can take away your pain is that you numb yourself, amen? That you take drugs, that you take alcohol to numb the pain. The situation is today is that Jesus Christ took the pain and the hurt and the suffering and the torture and the death on the cross so that we could be free of pain. Amen? Free of this brokenness. Free of this, this meaninglessness that occurs in our hearts and lives that brings a hollowness that we keep searching for something to fill the, fill the hole of our heart. The only hole that you can get that'll be satisfied is that Jesus Christ can fill the gap in your heart and in your life. He loves you. He loves you today. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Listen, what is influencing you and making an impact in your life? Is it, what's, is it what people are saying? Is it what people have done to you in the past? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we are a new creation. God has given us a new heart, amen? A new storyline, a new journey where the old is past and the new has come, amen? Forgetting what is behind, I press on to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me, this awesome relationship. See, faith grabs hold of God. We see stories all over Scripture where men and women launch out in faith to God. But you know what? This week, has your faith died? Has your faith been weak? See, faith holds on to God, but grace holds on to us. Amen? Amen. When, we, when we are weak in our faith, when we fail in our faith, God has us, and he holds us, and he embraces us, and he says, I've got you, and I'm going to see you through. My grace is sufficient for you in your weakness and in your pain and in your suffering and in your brokenness. There's a lot of brokenness in this world. We have the choice to turn to God or to turn to bitterness, turn to resentment, turn to this poison that eats us up while we wait for the other person to, be, to die or to be tortured or to lose. I said to someone that had something against another individual, I said, what would you like 
Christ to do? Would you like for him to die? No, 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 no. But that's when we have bitterness and resentment in our hearts, it nullifies the grace of God. It's an obstacle. It's a wave that keeps us from experiencing the beautiful pleasure of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. Let everything else go, amen? And receive the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that he has for you. We are in a storm, and it's a storm that constitutes us to think differently. The Bible says in Corinthians that we must take every thought captive and bring it under the obedience of Christ Jesus. Amen? This thought, take captive, means has the idea of like a police officer getting a criminal, apprehending him, putting the cuffs on him and throwing in the cruiser. He's taken, right? But how many times do we think thoughts that we just muse over and ponder over and we feel the flood of fear and disillusionment come over, the fear and, and anxiety of life, right, that God doesn't have us, that we're going to miss out. His grace has you. His grace has you today. Turn to him. Turn to him. Then there's the idea that we have the storms of adversity. Christ redeems our story back to being his story. But there are words and dialogues and conversations that we need to give over to him. We talked about that, an attitude that we must have, and that's the attitude of Christ. Secondly, there are storms of adversity. Many of us in our family here are going through hard, hard times, illnesses, relational struggles, a brokenness. The consequences of bad decisions, negative emotions that come on us and behavior that, that rules and reigns in our hearts and in our lives. He redeems our story back to being his story by engaging himself in humanity. Amen? He was fully human. And here's the thing. He's fully God. Amen? So being fully human, he sees you right now. He's the great high priest seated at the right hand of God, praying and interceding for you that you're going to make it, that you're going to get through this struggle, that you're going to come to the other side. You know why? Because he made it through. Amen? He made it through the brokenness of sin, shame, and guilt, and even death. And friends, the stone has been rolled away. Amen? He is risen. He is risen. And so, friends, this adversity that comes our way, like Joseph said to his family that abused him and hurt him and turned on him, he said, you know what? What was determined for evil, God wants to use for good. Amen? I don't know why it is suffering and evil in the world. I know it comes through sin. God does not create evil and suffering. Why does he allow it? Because he wants a free will of every individual to turn to him in love. It's all about love, see? Like Tina Turner, you might ask, what's love got to do with it? It's got a whole lot to do with it. 
God could have made us robots. But he chose that he would love on us. And in return, because he loved us so much that we would turn in love to him. You know, early on with Zach and Amaris, I, I understood that I could not protect them, right? My sister was a city girl. She worked in Manhattan in Sloan Kettering on the head and neck department of the cancer unit there. And she saw evil. She saw pain. She saw hurt. Back in the 70s, early, early 80s, she said to, her, to my mom, Mom, I'm, I'm not going to get married and I'm not bringing kids into this world. Then she fell in love, amen? <laughs> love. She now has eight kids. And she homeschooled all of them. Isn't that something? Only the love of Christ can take a city girl, amen? Throw her out in the, into the rural, God-forsaken country of Ohio. And allow her to have eight kids in home, school, each of them. See, this is the transformation that God does in our hearts, amen? You might be saying something today, but God is saying something tomorrow, amen? You might see your faults and see your weaknesses, and God sees you as perfect, holy, and righteous in Him. And because what God sees, that's what we live out. We turn away from evil and sin because we know that we have been purchased with a price. We are not our own, but we are His. I want to encourage you today in your adversity and in your pain, turn to God. Stop rowing. Stop fighting. Stop struggling. Stop having this wave of hurt, resentment, unforgiveness, whatever it is, what people have told you. Stop having this wave come against you. And see Jesus in your storm. Came down from the mountain. And he came into the storm of your life so that you, he could bring you up into the heavenly realms this morning where you are seated with Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? All authority and power has been given to you through Christ. Let's live in the power and authority of God to overcome the storm of our attitude and the storm of our adversity. God has a plan for your life, and he's engineering it right now. See, as Christians, we have a destiny that we want to get to, right? We have a destiny that we want to get to, but here's the thing. God is more concerned about the journey as you get there than he is about you getting there without going through the journey. The journey creates a, a process in which you create, have endurance, where you have patience, where you're running the race, where you're continuing to endure and overcome. And the Bible says that as we endure and as we gain patience, we gain confidence. And when we gain confidence in the Lord, we gain hope. And this is exactly what we need, amen? The hope of Christ in our heart and in our life. Not just for yourself. We got a whole community out there that is hopeless without God and without Christ in this world. Children of wrath, children of disobedience. And you got this hope bubbling up in your heart. You got this light in your mind because of the truth of God. And you got the passion of the Holy Spirit to reach a lost and dying world. People want to change their dialogue. 
They want to change their conversation. They want an intimacy that comes only through knowing God and being created on purpose to worship Him today. People do all kinds of stuff for intimacy, don't they? Jesus wants to sit down with people and bring back the intimacy, the access, the conversation, the dialogue of being found in Him, loved by Him, known by Him, encouraged by Him, empowered by Him to live a life totally sold out for the gospel. And everything that you do and say, bring glory and honor to Christ who has died for you and given his life for you. Are you in? I asked you if you are in. I'm going a little deaf. The green monster's on. I'm going to say it again. Are you in? Amen. 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 It's early. We have communion. Communion is a time to evaluate our walk with the Lord. It's a time to look at anything that's hindering our coming to Jesus or Jesus coming to us. See, he comes by invitation. He doesn't come by force. Amen? And he's inviting you to invite him into your heart and life to stop rowing and stop striving. The waves of opposition that have been hindering you from a fresh renewal of the Holy Spirit in your life. As we take communion, I want you to ask for forgiveness and I want you to see a new day that God has for you in your life. A new beginning, amen? Where the, the storm of the attitude and the, the adversity will not sway you from becoming what God wants you to do. There are some things that you have to do today because you know they're wrong. You have to make that choice before God. It's an obstacle, but if you ask Christ into your heart, He can allow you to do that. There are thoughts that you are thinking that you have to stop. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen? This renewing that comes through the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. He can renew your mind and give you a fresh touch. Give you a new destiny in Christ. As we take communion, we are going... Listen to that. Isn't that awesome? That's a new member of Steel City Church. Amen. God has ordained praise out of the mouth of babes. Amen. Awesome. That's all you got, honey? Elliot, I mean, that's all you got? That's all, that's all he's got. Bible says if we keep quiet in our praise to God, even the stones will cry out. Amen? Don't be stone-headed. Don't be rock-headed. Give your praise and admiration to God. Listen, if you're out of whack with God today, Jesus Christ got whacked on the cross so that you could have fellowship with Him now. Get back to God. Get in intimacy with God. Have a fresh revelation of the future. And turn from the the brokenness of the past. Today is a new day, amen? Look at the day we got out there, the sunshine, the beauty. Look into your heart today and see the sunshine of the Holy Spirit brightening up your day, brightening up your life.
as you live for Him. As we take communion, evaluate your walk with God. Don't leave it there. Repent, confess, take Christ. Amen? For He's taken hold of you.